0: And today we are dishing up another episode in our self-care series. And today we're dishing about the importance of nourishing your body, even and especially during stressful times. Uh, But before we begin, just a quick favor to ask, if you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us, and they really help us reach more people. So of course, we'd appreciate it. All right. So today's show is an episode in our self-care series. Once a month, we focus on a new area of self-care. Life gets overwhelming for all of us, and the sense of getting lost in a sea of to-dos, worry, and anxiety seems almost inevitable. Self-care can be described as the active process of making your body and mind a pleasant place to inhabit by filling your own cup first, which ensures you have enough to give others. So, Like I said, we are going to be talking about nourishment today, which is a big part of the intuitive eating uh, just intuitive eating, the intuitive eating program, and our journey. I guess it's a big part of the uh, self care um, that they talk about in many of the principles throughout the the book. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and just a, a brief description about exactly what is nourishment. So just to be very, um, uh, just to kind of the the dec- dictionary definition of nourishment is the food or other substances necessary for growth, health, and good condition. Uh, But what does nourishment have to do with self-care, you might ask? Well, nourishment is a large part of your self-care practices. I want you to think of the last time you were on a diet. Uh, Do you think you were giving your body adequate nutrients and fuel? In other words, did you feel nourished? Was your body nourished? Were you nourishing your body? As we talked about in a previous episode, a previous self care episode, actually, how did that lack of nourishment affect your day to day life? I know personally, when I was dieting, my day to day life was negatively affected by a lack of nourishment because I was impatient and irritable. I, I that's what my body, that kind of how my body reacts is if I'm not getting enough nourishment, not giving myself enough calories, drinks, whatever it is, I get very impatient and very irritable. And I also thought about food constantly, and of course. At the time, I didn't equate it to, oh, because I'm not giving myself nourishment. But looking back, of course, I, that's, that's why I, I know I was like that. So dieting aside, most of us, even those who have the best self-care regimens, um, have days, weeks, or just seasons of life that are stressful. We may also find ourselves sick, either acutely or chronically. Uh, these are also times when listening to our body might be difficult. So consider those times when you've been so stressed, you forgot to even eat, or you felt so sick, you literally couldn't stomach anything. Nourishment is still incredibly important, even during those times, and maybe even especially during those times. When we forget to eat or simply can't imagine putting a bite of food in our bodies, we need a backup plan to continue nourishing ourselves. And that's what we're going to be discussing today.
1: Can I ask one question before we... Yeah. Okay. So you started with diets. I'm interested in, so you asked, were you nourished being on a diet? And I think probably a lot of listeners can remember a time they were on a diet, if, if perhaps maybe even now. If you are ignoring hunger signals, is that poor nourishment and therefore poor self-care? I'm interested in your opinion or yeah, how would you unpack that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this kind of goes back to the episode we did on is dieting or I guess we did is weight loss Uh self-care. So essentially when you're not listening to your body's hunger cues or when you notice them but you're ignoring them, that's generally because you're on a diet. And generally that's because you're trying to lose weight or change your body in some way. You know, unless you have some hunger signals and for example, you're sick and you just can't even imagine putting food in your mouth. But most of the time if someone aside from those times when you're sick or just really stressed it's it's because of a diet presumably and yes of course i would definitely argue that that is not good self care if your body is giving you signals that are signals that you should you know absolutely be thankful for right if your body is actually so great that it knows when what to do and when to tell you to feed it It's you're essentially a machine and and you're working you're working great. That's what the machine is doing. It's telling you it's hungry. It needs fuel. So if we're ignoring that, we're ruining the machine. We're not giving it adequate nutrients. So the machine isn't going to be function well, right? Our body isn't gonna function well. So that's of course terrible self self self-care. What do you think? What do you what are your thoughts on that? I
1: agree. I agree. Yeah. I know we're gonna spend a lot of time today talking about kind of those stressful or like just off times of illness or just chaos. Uh, but I was curious, mm-hmm. you know, having mentioned diet, if that diets, um, if that was, if that aligned and, and we're on, we're, we're on the same page connection. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think probably a lot of people argue that, well, I'm dieting so that I lose weight. So I'm healthier, but I mean, we could go on and on about that too. Right. If, if, if the way that you, if, if, for you to get to a, a size body that you consider healthiest, if that entails you not listening to your body and feeding it adequately, then I would definitely argue that is not the healthiest thing for you to do to your body. You, I, I read a quote once and I wish I had it written down, but like your best weight is one that you can achieve when you have like the best relationship with food and you feed it when you're hungry. You know, you stop when you fold, not always, but generally speaking. And you just, you don't have this, you don't have to constantly think about what you put in your mouth. Like that's the weight that you're at at that point is your body's best weight. It could be, you know, your BMI might be higher than 25 and it most likely it will be because most of us, that's that's where we're we're at because the BMI is ludicrous. It means nothing. Uh, but that's okay. We just need to kind of get away from that idea that having a larger BMI means that we're automatically unhealthy because it's absolutely not true. Okay. So now moving on from dieting, I'm glad you did ask that because I I think it's, it's something that we'll discuss probably forever. All right. So Nicole, when you're incredibly busy or stressed, whether it's just a day or a period of life or a period of time in your life, what do you do to continue nourishing your body even though you may not notice those nuanced signals of hunger or thirst? Since when we're stressed, we tend not to notice those. What do you do to keep your body nourished?
1: I'm definitely not one of those people who like misses meals or is too busy to eat. that's just um, not a thing for me. I would say if anything tends to get neglected or pushed pushed aside or, or just you know not front and center or, or I, I don't know, yeah, just just something that slips by would be hydration, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably quality of food, not necessarily just the act of eating, but just what am I putting in my body? Uh, But I Mm -hmm. I guess I just firmly believe that food heals both physically um, as well as psychologically and and emotionally. I think it's important, especially during these times, to, to not forgo nourishment. You? Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I'm definitely with you. I've never been one of those people who doesn't eat when I'm stressed. I think the only time I can remember... Here's the thing. Adrenaline, it reduces our appetite very much. So when those periods of life, and I can think of one specific time in my life when I was literally running on adrenaline for probably about a month or two. And that was right after having Paige, right after I became a mom. And I, my appetite, and that's when you should be eating the most. I mean, I was breastfeeding. I had just given birth. I was healing from wounds. I I needed nourishment so badly, but I had... No appetite because my adrenaline was so high. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I was stressed. Ah. So that was one time when I definitely, my, I I just, nothing sounded good. I remember buying these protein shakes and putting them in our little mini fridge in the basement where I hung out most of the night because she was up all night and, you know, Nick would go upstairs and we would just kind of take turns. And I was just so stressed, but I would just chug those things because I knew. I needed to nourish my body. But generally speaking, when I'm stressed, I do still eat. I don't lose my, my appetite. I do find uh, that when I'm stressed, I'll just mindlessly eat just about anything. And I do find that when I'm nervous or like I said, running on adrenaline, uh, like I said, have, having a baby, when I have zero appetite, I, at least I'm aware of it, which I'm really I'm, maybe that's because I'm a dietitian. But I think to myself, I, I notice these things. Well, I'm not eating. I have no appetite. But what can I do to make up for that? But generally speaking, when I'm just a little bit stressed, I still I'm still eating, but probably not the best types of foods. And and that's just something that I just need, need to be more aware of. Uh and Kind of going back to what I said when I went running on adrenaline, I did find at the time that setting and and this is something I would just give this tip to anyone who finds that they don't eat during times of stress is just setting an alarm as a reminder to eat might help. Packing snacks wherever you go, just so you, you know, if you're running errands and you're just running on adrenaline for some reason or another, just remember like to pack snacks just to have because going more than you know four hours without food, your body is going to feel it. You might not notice it, but after a while, something's gonna like I said, your body is a machine. It needs to be constantly nourished. So something's gonna go awry. Either you're going to get tired, you're going to start forgetting things. So just remember to to pack snacks even during those times. Um and then you had mentioned drinking. I am the exact same way. When I am stressed, I water just doesn't sound good to me. I don't want water. So I I'm always trying to make sure that I find I have something stocked in our fridge that is tasty, doesn't have to be loaded with sugar or calories or anything, but something like kombucha or even sparkling water, fun drinks that I can have so I can continue to drink something without it just being bland water. And that's actually a lot of times in my life, not when I'm just stressed. I, I like to have those on hand. So I remember to drink something I look forward to essentially ok, so, what are your top snacks, meals, or drinks you choose to keep you nourished in a flash?, uh,
1: i i I guess preparation is best. i I would say i'm I'm geared towards being prepared for these situations because i I have pretty good self-care in terms of, Meal planning and planning to have things on hand to eat as leftovers, so I guess if the week got away from me or, or there was a curveball thrown in, whether that was illness or something unforeseen that would cause stress, I always package my leftover I prepare like meals and plan appropriately to have leftovers intentionally, and then rather than packing them, like let's say it was I don't know what's good. okay, we'll be at Indian food this week. I made butter chicken. So rather than storing the chicken separate from the rice, separate from the broccoli, I made little dishes all together and I put them in a glass container that I can go ahead and microwave. So if you have to stop and assemble and dirty spoons and I, yeah, like it's just not as convenient as packaging it all together and ready to go. So I would say make it convenient and plan for leftovers. I think that's just good practice. Um and if you don't love leftovers, I would say try and incorporate foods that are really good leftover cuz some foods just straight up aren't. Um mm-hmm. I've a, become a big fan of the the peanut butter and jelly and I would say during these stressful times when um yeah, it might be you're short on time or effort, abilities, whatever it is, i proteins tend to be the thing that go. So I would say having on hand some proteins that are quick and easy to um serve up from the freezer, great time to aim for fish. I would say one of the Proteins that we always have, like fish sticks or fish fillets, or something, and you can buy like a higher quality type of, you know, something. Um, That would those those go over really well in our house, and we also do a lot of brinners. so breakfast for dinner. So, like a foundation of scrambled eggs and maybe microwave like sausage links that are ready in thirty seconds. Uh, We stock both of those eggs and chicken sausage links all the time, and then you can simply add to it a fruit or a toast or a frozen waffle. Something like that, and then kind of like we talked about on our bar episode, which was the last episode, episode one thirty, uh, is some type of a bar that is a bit more substantial than a granola bar. I tend to lean towards perfect bars because I find the fat to be really satisfying, and it's also mm-hmm. they are rich and sweet and delicious, and they kind of um, I don't they're they're comforting to me. I think. Okay. they're very nourishing. I, I feel, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have anything? What do you, where do you lean Uh, to get nourished in a flash?
0: Yeah. And I, and I generally always have, I go through periods of stress almost like day to day. And when I say stress, just times when I, I just feel so overwhelmed, even for a moment where I'm, I don't, I don't even want to make dinner. I don't want to make lunch. I don't want to make breakfast, whatever it is. I, we always have some type of a convenience food on hand for times like that. When I just I'll get home and I literally have no ounce of energy left for me to even make the meal that I was planning on making or even, even if it was something simple. And for, rather than, you know, quickly going, decide to go out and spend $100 on dinner, which I swear every time we go out, now it ends up being close to $100. It's absurd. And we don't even drink. I mean, seriously, it's, it's just, things are just huh? so expensive these days, <laughs> right? It just, ah. And so I, we were always, yes, fish sticks things like that we love to have on hand. Like you said, breakfast for dinner. We do that quite often. We always have avocados on hand for either avocado toast or just scrambled eggs and avocado, avocado burritos, avocado and uh, egg burritos. We always have pasta with sauce cuz that's a simple win. And generally we also have frozen meatballs of some of some type in our in our freezer. We'll always get the Barilla with extra protein pasta, the Barilla pasta with extra protein just because I I sometimes feel like my kids don't get enough protein. I'm sure they're fine, but that's just, you know, my thinking. And it's really tasty pasta. Uh, I do like bars as well. I love the Perfect Bars. They are almost like a dessert. They are so rich and just soft. It's almost like eating, I always get the peanut butter ones, like a peanut butter. It's like a peanut butter brownie. I don't even know, but they're so delicious. And I like to have those on hand. Absolutely. I also like the Think Bars. Uh, they used to be called Think Thin Bars, but now they're called Think Bars, which I which I love that they changed the name for many reasons. But they are about 300 calories, and I want to say about 10 grams of protein, and they're very, very filling. And I like to have those for breakfast, especially when I don't have time to make something. But I would say a classic grab-and-go, nourish-in-a-flash thing that we have at our home is, you know, we've got a blender, we've got a magic bullet, Bullet is just making smoothies. Even you know when the kids, just nothing sounds good to them for dinner and I don't wanna you know make them, I don't wanna be essentially a short order cook, I'll just say, hey, do you want a smoothie? It's not often. Uh, or I'll just make a smoothie for lunch or whatever it is because I know I don't necessarily have an appetite, but I know I need to nourish myself. So you can put tons of good nutrients in a smoothie and it's easier to stomach than a full meal. Uh, whether it's peanut butter or almond butter in there, spinach, banana. We always put some type of a frozen berry or yogurt, oat milk, regular milk, whatever it is. I mean, you really, in my opinion, can't go wrong with a smoothie. Uh, So those are very popular in our household. And then whatever's left over after we make smoothies, we can turn it into a popsicle and have it the next day. Speaking of popsicles, well, actually, we'll get into that in in another question.
1: Before the next question, can I, I just put in a plug for the book I just finished? Yeah. which was a memoir. It was called Crying in H-Mart. It's extremely popular right now, but it's about a Korean American woman. And it's not giving it away. Her mother dies um, and she's going through cancer th- uh, treatments. But it, there is so much detail around the food um, and not just Korean, but all type types of Asian foods. Great, great detail about the food, but I, I just found it so interesting that her, the her culture it was so ingrained. It wasn't like oh, grab a bar. It was like go through three hours of making kimchi. Right? It was. It was oh. like the exact opposite. But it just goes to like the power of food as medicine from both like a nutritional standpoint as well as um just an emotional. I, I, there was just. For me, that just resonated in my soul. This, um, I, I feel like Americans are just—we just, just want to like it done for us. Like it's we've lost this art, this um, just uh, importance of the kitchen. Like I hear everything you're saying, and I'm nodding along, and I'm so there too. But I think there is just something to be said about the finding the joy in nourishing from like a place of cooking and something that has either cultural roots or maybe it just has like this was a meaningful maybe it's the dinner you made the night that your mother passed or I, I don't know like, but something that just has some type of an emotional tie to it. it it was just a beautiful memoir and the food portion of it it just made me a little bit sad because some people in my book club are like hard no on any type of cooking and maybe not as open to trying different foods and just just a more limited kind of all-American all diet, if you will. And I was like, man, I just feel like y'all are missing it. Like there's so much more to try and like not snub at and just food can be such a huge thing. Um, I don't know. It was just a completely different take on nourishment and the opposite of in a flash almost. <laughs>
0: Which generally I agree, but you know, yeah. in, in times of stress, the last thing I want to do is make my own
1: dumplings. I'm thinking about this. Did you guys see the the movie Going Red? Uh, ah, yeah, parts. Um, when okay. they started talking about, um, the magic of the month, I was like, "What are we watching, Mark?" And he's like, "This is somebody that recommended this book." But what what culture is is it? They're Chinese. Chinese. Okay. Yeah. But they make their own dumplings. I just remember that
0: they're making their own dumplings. I'm thinking to myself, Nick just bought like two boxes of these dumplings because Paige loves dumplings slash pot stickers. I know there, I know there's a difference, but anything that has like a flour wrapping Uh with the meat and vegetable, you know, stuffing inside that has that flavor profile, she just loves. He bought these very, very processed, convenient food that you just pop in the microwave and they're done. And let me tell you, I much prefer doing that than even buying the frozen pot stickers that you had to put yeah. in on a hot pan. It's
1: You're so, so pathetic. Fun. We've dumbed it down even more. We should get Paige and Piper together because that is hands down Piper's favorite food is pot 20, stickers like 20 in a sitting i'm not i'm not even kidding i have at this girl like where is it going <laughs> and then she calls it the juice like the goiza sauce she's like can i drink the juice i'm like no, <laughs> no
0: does not even use the sauce she doesn't she just eats them plain without sauce isn't that crazy I, which is fine i mean i think they're delicious without the sauce too but oh, yeah that sauce funny. is delicious it
1: is yeah
0: i'll have to tell you about the the ones in the box uh we've gone through several of those but yeah and and I remember watching that movie and watching them make, I mean, it was just like any other night, a school night and she's, they're making dumplings by hand and yeah. I'm thinking,
1: oh man. Did your feel- kids watch that movie? I know it's like super controversial. I started Googling it. Is it? Yes. My kids know about periods. I, they do? I,
0: yes. See, I don't, I didn't find that weird at all. It's not like they really said explicitly what it was. No, they You. Didn't. You could have had... You could have never
1: known what it was. I mean, yeah, that's. I what don't people, think Paige even. I, I'll have to like watch it, watch it, and not read my Kindle. I just remember yeah. looking up and looking at Mark, and he was like, "Uh huh, I know if this was." He, I was like, "Should we turn this off?" I don't know. Yeah, I don't think
0: you, if 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 your children don't if your children do not know what that is, then they would. Never I don't know. think watching the movie is not like they taught your kids about your period. That's not at all what it was. They just but mentioned a lot the about, special like, time bullying. of the month.
1: Right, was yeah, a lot things of that go
0: on in real life.
1: Oh, it's scary, man. It's scary.
0: <sighs> but I don't even remember there being a part about bullying, actually. Well, they were bullying her, sure. But I mean, that I didn't find it offensive, or I actually really enjoyed the movie, and I and yeah, it, I thought it was really good. You should really watch it.
1: Watch okay. it. Well, it was we'll just real
0: life things that yeah. actually really happened, and it wasn't. I didn't think it was too much. I think they brought. I think it was the perfect amount of. They didn't go too overboard. It wasn't I think it was for really maybe not for Piper well no, I think Piper's age. I think it's really I, I picture it being for like first to fifth graders. Okay. But yeah. But it was just a really good movie. I mean, I liked it. Thirty nine years old.
1: Cool. I'll watch. Yeah.
0: Okay. So wow, we just went on a Detour. major tangent. <laughs> yes. Love uh, it. Okay, so Nicole, when you're sick, what do you eat and drink to stay nourished? Cuz I know for me, this is the time when it is so so hard. And when I'm talking, I'm not talking a cold. I'm talking although that can have an effect too because you can't taste as much. Uh yeah, like that. <laughs>
1: I have a cold um, right we, now and it is worse than COVID. Oh my god. This man cold is the worst.
0: Well, this made me also cuz I was telling Paige on our bike ride today. I said she said, What are you podcasting about today? And I said, We're talking about nourishment. Oh, that podcast that you were supposed to be on when
1: you were out bike riding. <laughs> exactly. I'm yes. like, Gina, are you get on, you're like, oh crap. It was funny. Girl.
0: I was out on a bike ride. Yeah. Um, riding from my mom's house to our house, which wasn't a very far ride, but it was raining and kind of cold anyway. So she asked what we were podcasting about, and I told her nourishment. So she asked what that was. And I said, well, we're going to aim, we're going to really focus on staying nourished when you're sick and when you're stressed. And she said, oh, like when I was, when I had COVID. And I said, yeah, actually, because it was really hard for her to eat when she had COVID. Not because she didn't have an appetite, but because she couldn't taste anything. This was the Delta variant, which I realize the Omicron variant doesn't have that side effect, at least from what I've heard. Uh, so she it took her a while to get her, to get her, uh, taste back for, for a lot of foods. In fact, some foods she said, she said she still can't taste like bananas. It's just really random. Wow. So yeah. So yeah, I guess any, any sickness, whether you've got the stomach bug or the flu or you have a cold and you can't taste because you've got COVID or you just have a stuffy nose. And when you have a stuffy nose or bad allergies, that affects your taste. How do you uh, stay nourished?
1: Uh, if, if there was anything stomach going on, I love seven up Mm -hmm. and not the diet crap, the real, that's just what I was raised. Some people, it was ginger ale. I was raised on seven up Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that is just to me what sounds good and what I gravitate towards when sick. So I always keep it on hand. Like, don't wait till you're sick because well, if you have COVID, you shouldn't be going out and perhaps you don't have grocery delivery. So just keep it on hand. Uh, and the colder, the better. But I always stock soups, just canned stuff, you know, nothing fancy, especially chicken noodle. That's my go to, but love a good tomato soup. Yeah. Also, things like applesauce, graham crackers, just things that are super easy on my stomach. Um, yeah, Teddy grams. That's really kind of what I go towards. I would say if mm-hmm. it's nothing stomach related, but maybe just a sore throat, like, yogurt something like cold on my throat that's uh you know I don't know that puddings smoothies all of that yeah yeah I'm with you on pretty much all of that except for the pudding (laughs) nope oh yeah you don't like
0: pudding (laughs) I don't don't like it I just you don't like the name (laughs) (laughs) there is something about the name pudding I don't know I always think about that song you can't have any pudding if you don't eat your dinner I don't even remember how it goes but who sings that song? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> okay. It's almost There's happy a hour. I can't
1: even think of. I need of, a drink oh for God. this conversation. <laughs> just
0: know. kidding. We are really uh, taking nourishing to a whole new level. Okay. So when, when I'm sick, definitely broth. And I especially like the Campbell's basic yep. chicken noodle soup. I just, oh. And I could down like two, you know, cans of that. I, I recently had a stomach bug of some sort that was pretty nasty. I Nick brought me up two pieces of sourdough bread toasted with butter. Oh, my gosh. I think I was starving, and I hadn't eaten in hours. I ate those things so fast and then I regretted it immediately, Mm. but they were so, so good. Uh, But yes, sourdough bread toasted. It probably didn't need the butter. It was just delicious. Even dipped in some broth when you have a stomach bug or a flu or something. And then with, you know, a, a sore throat or even a stomach bug, popsicles are always a huge hit. My mom brought me over Trader Joe's popsicles and they have, Different layers of flavors, like a mango orange or a strawberry mango, they, and they're thick. They're, they're the, a bigger size Popsicle, not a thin one, but a, a bigger one. You know,
1: there's two different sizes of popsicles. One, like ones. the, uh, what are those real fruit ones? Uh, More
0: like a Dole, yeah, fruit okay. Popsicle. It's thicker. Although Dole makes the thin ones too. But they, it was so good. Oh my gosh. It just, it was just so perfect and It was not too hard and crunchy. If you buy the sugar-free ones, they're all like, they don't, they don't have that.
1: They get the icy stuff on them.
0: They get icy, but you know what they add so that they're not icy? Like carrageenan
1: Carrageenan. and guar gum. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which honestly doesn't bother me. But every time I eat a soft, almost soft popsicle, I think to myself, I'm just eating like gums. That's why they taste so good, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's, I think that's. The go-to, you know, the brat diet. That's what they always say with bread, rice, Are
1: you? Do you do like Gatorade, Powerade, or are you more like a a clear soda person?
0: I I am probably more of a Gatorade, Powerade person. I also like the Noom. Have you ever heard of Noom tablets, N-U-U-M? They're just um, like electrolyte tablets you can put in water, and they add a fizz to your water. They are very, very tasty. N-U-U-M. I'll have to put those on the show notes. I like those, but yeah, I'm definitely more of a clear liquid person. Although I love seven up and Sprite and that would probably also be very acceptable if I was sick. All right. How has dieting and or the lack of body acceptance impeded your ability to nourish your body in the past or even currently?
1: Uh, so I, yeah, I, I mean, those aren't like exactly, you know, Like glorified health foods that we just mentioned, you know, Campbell's chicken noodle soup or, you know, Powerade. But so I think that there can be some of the diet culture that creeps in there. But I think it's during those times, it's like nourishing, getting, like, getting the hunger away and getting some calories in, right? I mean, enough to sustain you. Uh, But I think for me, the diet culture stuff creeps in from like an exercise standpoint. I probably, well, in my throes of dieting, I I was definitely under consuming as well as over exercising, and I would say exercise is such a part of my day to day that when I am feeling cruddy, I, I the day doesn't feel like complete. It's it's like not brushing my teeth for the day, like not exercising to me doesn't feel normal. Um, so I will kind of sideline any any like cues to my body to say like maybe you shouldn't exercise today. Like that's not a I don't normally go there. Like that's not an that's hard for me to, to not like just listen. And this week was a perfect example. I have a, I have a cold. And Tuesday, it was so beautiful out. I don't know if it was pretty there, but it was in the 60s. I brought my workout clothes to work to go running after work. My body was telling me, no, I was achy coming down with this cold. And I went home and I just did some super gentle yoga, took a hot shower and just settled in for a quiet night. It was what I needed. Um, that's not something I would have done in the past. I would have pushed through and just gone running or, or done whatever. Wednesday was kind of the same thing, but I just, I did my walk at lunch. And then I just noticed because I had more energy then. And then I noticed that after work, I just didn't have it in me. I just came home and rested a bit. Thursday, kind of the same thing. I, I, my body, I had brought my running clothes. It was a gorgeous day again. I was feeling up for it. And then I got into my run, and like after two miles, it was like my body was just like, er, nope. And I had it in me that I was going to go three to four. Like I had just started a Peloton workout that was 30 minutes or I don't remember, but I was, I was going to do like the whole thing. And after twenty some minutes, it was like, nope, stop. And I normally would have pushed through. I was nowhere even near my car. Like that would have been like my normal thing was, would be like, oh, nope, got to get back, get back to your car. Might as well run. But I was like, nope, I'm going to walk. I'm going to listen to my body. I'm just going to chill out. And funny thing, I'm working on my splits as one of my... My mile splits is my New Year's, one of my New Year's goals. And my splits were still really good. They were 1025 and that's way under what they were a year ago. So I was like, okay, see, when you listen to your body, like I had the energy at the the start of the run, but I petered out quickly. And rather than just trying to push through and then hating it and being miserable or, you know, whatever the rest of the night, I just, I didn't beat myself up about it. And it's funny because during the run, the Peloton instructor, like just on the app or whatever was saying, um, that she was a recovering perfectionist. And she's like, you can't give a hundred percent all of the time. 70% is great. 80% is great. You can't be perfect all the time. So don't set yourself up for failure thinking that you can do that or be that. No one can. And I was like, oh, mind blown. I was like, you're so right. Cause I'm just that person. If I have a plan, I stick to it. So whether it's with nutrition or exercise, fill in the blank, but I think that's all part of self-care and nourishment is sideline it when it needs to be sidelined and, and kind of meet your needs of in that moment. Um. Anyway, so I, I took that question a bit more on the exercise route. Um. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't see the diet stuff other than like, again, the quality of food. For me, those are, I'm not sick. I'm not a sick person very often. So I think during that time, I, I gravitate towards what sounds good and, and what can get calories into me. And I, I'm good with that. I don't know. Do you struggle a bit more with that?
0: I don't struggle with it now, but I will tell you absolutely I used to. I'll give you two examples. One example is when i when I was in college, I used to take a medication that you guys can probably all guess what it is, but it was supposed to help me with my inability to concentrate. and you know it, it's it definitely helped me. Oh my gosh, but bonus, it also reduces your appetite extremely. Now, if I were to take that medicine now, knowing how important nourishment is and knowing that I am not so obsessed now with, you know, not eating and losing weight, I would continue to feed my body even though I'm on this medicine that completely demolishes my appetite. And as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that this nourishment topic is important for anyone who's listening and does take a medicine like that, that does, you know, reduce your, your uh, appetite. It's so important to continue to feed yourself. That is like, I would say the one time, one, maybe not the one time, but one that I can think of where it's probably not important to listen to your body. If your body isn't giving you hunger signals, it's not because you're not needing the food. It's just because that's what the medicine does to your body. You literally do not get hungry. Uh, And it has to do with adrenaline. The exact same thing that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So making sure that you're continuing to nourish yourself. I did not do that. I loved that I could go hours without eating. And let me tell you, I'm sure it had long-term effects. But another example, I would say, it happened recently. I, so like I said, I had a stomach bug just, this was a couple of weeks ago. I probably went four days eating probably half the calories that I, that I normally would eat. The first day, it was probably more like I ate a quarter of the calories. Then the, the next three days, my stomach was just still off, not feeling great. I probably ate about half of the calories that I normally eat. Now, the next week, I noticed, I was ravenous. I mean, I was hungry. I'd wake up hungry, which I don't normally wake up really hungry. It takes me a while to get hungry when I wake up. I would wake up starving. I would just be hungry all day long. And I thought about it, and I thought, this is because it's 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 like my diet backlash. My body was undernourished for those, those four days because I it was so hard for me to get calories. And I tried. Trust me, I tried very hard. But I just... I couldn't get as many calories in that I normally get. So, my body is trying to make up for that by giving me these hunger signals, telling me to eat. It's doing exactly what it is supposed to be doing. So, I was in the past, I would have been angry. What is going on? Why am I so hungry? What can I do to thwart these hunger, you know, pangs that I'm having? I would, you know, chew gum or get a diet soda or a sparkling water so I you know, for fizz in my belly to fill up, you know, fill it up with fizz instead of food. I would do whatever and just be angry about how hungry I was. But, you know, new me, I realized, oh, yeah, I'm making up for all the calories I didn't consume when I was sick. And I went with it. I was eating, I almost, I mean, I, I, don't, I have no clue how many calories I was eating. I don't count my calories at all. But, I mean, I was eating every, it felt like every one or two hours. I brought extra snacks to work. I, um, would, you know, get an extra large lunch and then bring leftovers to my office. This lasted for about five days, actually maybe even longer than that. And yeah, so old me, I would just ignore those, those signals or try to push them away. New me, I completely embraced it. And and now that, that time is over and I'm back to, you know, normal quote unquote hunger for me. And, and I, and I feel really good. So yeah, I think that's, The biggest change for me is just all the pushing away and ignoring I used to do of my hunger when when my body was telling me it needed to be nourished all right what about have you ever skipped a meal or ignored your hunger because you figured there was no way you were hungry kind of like what I just said and how did that affect you what are some reasons you might actually have been hungry even if you ate what you considered a large amount not that long before
1: uh I mean, I think a lot of things for, I, yeah, time of the month, stress, um, yeah, what was the last thing that you ate if it didn't have adequate protein or fat? I mean, yeah, my kids had brunch today. They had pancakes and like an hour later, they're like, we're hungry. I'm like, I bet you are. Uh, I, I mean, all of that thing, the macronutrient just, you know, makeup of your last meal is definitely going to dictate when you're hungry next, most likely. I think for me, this is probably the area of intuitive eating that I've done really well with. Um, and in terms of eating and hunger and and the shoulds and you know all of that, there is no like should anymore. It's kind of like I normally I, I just embrace the ebbs and flows in my appetite because they're it's very great. Um, and, and sometimes I really am hungry, and sooner than I would think, and rather than being frustrated by that or, or think. Oh my gosh, you know, in a perfect world I would weigh less and being hungry, you know, like I would go there just naturally, my head. Um I just don't really do that anymore because conversely if I pay attention, there are times as an intuitive eater where it may be mealtime and perhaps I just put out a whole dinner for my family and I'm just not that hungry and so rather than eating because it's mealtime and and that's what I quote should do. I eat less. So I think I've just really, um, formally and informally, as in in growing my trust of intuitive eating, figured out that in the end it really balances out. <laughs> it really, really does. And I think that building that just trust in yourself and your body to follow those signals is a process that's worth investing in and just. Knowing that it's probably going to work out just fine, uh, you know, there's no balancing, tracking, counting, obsessing. It, that's just not going to lead anywhere productive and is poor self care. And I could see not embracing those ebbs and flows in hunger as being right or uh, right in that slippery slope of of diet culture. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, absolutely. That is probably, in my opinion, the most important part of intuitive eating is really starting to trust that your body. Knows what's best, and the signals that your body is giving you are real. And if you embrace them, like you'll end up getting exactly what you need in as, as in terms of nourishment. Uh yeah, yeah. It's so such an important piece of of that of that journey. Uh, I, I kind I look back. First of all, the example that I just said. I mean, there are plenty of times when I'll get I'll be so hungry, and I think to myself, "Why am I hungry?" Well, here's the thing our body, we're not robots and really we're not machines either because robots and machines need about the same amount of energy every single day. We do not. Like you said, you know, especially as women, we have, uh, you know, times of the month when we probably do need more or less depending on our hormone levels or whatever it is, or times of the year, we might be pregnant. We might be breastfeeding. There are so many things that go on in our life. We might've had a big workout, even just even two days ago that we're finally catching up on or whatever it is. We sat more yesterday. There's so many things that, and reasons for our appetite to change. Uh, But I think one of the big things looking back, I would, I remember, (laughs) this is weird. I remember when I was in graduate school, I would go to my eight o'clock class and I would always bring, this is random, a Z-bar which I don't even remember them having them back then, but I guess they did. It wasn't that long ago. But I bring a Z-bar, which doesn't have, it's not that many calories. It's They're small, not real loaded with protein either. And a banana, like a small banana. And I thought that was so much food. I, you know, I, okay, I'm going to eat this, but it's a lot of calories. It should, it should keep me full for a while. And it never did. I would always be hungry within like an hour or two. And I would get so angry and frustrated thinking, why am I hungry? Looking back, it wasn't enough calories. It wasn't enough protein. There was no fat in there. It was really just carbs and not even that much, honestly. So looking back, I, I just wish I would have known. I mean, I was in graduate school in nutrition that, Gina, you need more. You know, you were, you're young. You are active. You're walking to and from class. You need more than that. And it's also normal for your body to be hungry every couple hours because that's about how often I get hungry, especially if I'm just eating a Z-bar and a banana. That's a snack. That's not a meal for me. Uh, So yeah, I just really glad that I've embraced and been am now able to trust, like you were just saying, my body and not having to obsess over counting things and overthinking the signals that my body is giving me and just trusting that they're that they're accurate. If, they're, if my body is saying it's hungry, then by all means, there's no reason to second guess that it's hungry, just eat. All right. So keeping our kids nourished during these times of stress or for them high activity, I think sometimes like we talked about in a previous episode. So they might not necessarily be stressed, but for them when they don't eat is when they're really highly active. That's important too. We discussed this, like I said a couple of weeks ago on an episode when we were talking about when you guys came over and we uh-huh. just brought out a random nosh tray for the kids. Uh, and they demolished that in seconds, but they were just having so much fun, and they had essentially kind of forgotten to eat. So what are some of their favorite foods, your kids, to eat when they are when they need nourishment uh, but may not want to necessarily eat because they're so engrossed in play or maybe they are stressed. what are what are some of your kids' favorites go go to's?
1: Uh I if they're having a lot of fun playing I noticed that they d- yeah probably don't eat or drink much of anything. They love juice so that'd be my go-to if I was concerned about hydration. Um or d- they'd both love water as well, just really cold water. They would slurp that down. Uh but I may have to be more intentional about uh, intentional about giving it to them and helping them along with their self-care and nourishment. Uh otherwise any type of carby snack food is always a sure bet. Uh of course baked goods um, I haven't had this concern with either of them in terms of illness, but in group settings where they're just busy, they'll sometimes just forgo eating for playing. Uh, I, I told you on the before we hopped on the show, we had a bunch of people over last weekend and a super spreader event. All these families are down with COVID. Ah! Um, <clears throat> we all just have colds. We've been testing like crazy, but I noticed none of the kids ate anything that entire time. None of them. The adults, all in the kitchen, eating, drinking, talking, whatever. The kids, nothing. They, I, like, I never even saw them. And so we had, but we had bought pizza, like something that the kids love and all of that. But I'm pretty sure they just all ate cheese puffs all night. Like <laughs> yeah, cheese puffs and right. juice. Yeah. Um, and that's not all the time. So I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Uh, but it was all available to them. It was offered a couple times. Um, but that is a tough one. I would say social situations are tricky. I don't know. Yeah. We, we
0: just had a a social situation (laughs) actually before getting on this, uh, this, uh, episode or this podcast recording the the people who hosted had this beautiful spread of food, but uh, none of it, I just knew my kids were just not going to eat any of it. And they're not necessarily the choosiest eaters, but I found a way to make it work. You know, they had Kind of like a build-your-own pasta, but it was cold with vegetables and tuna. <laughs> and yeah. I'm thinking, okay, how can I make this work for the kids? So I just took some of the pasta, sprinkled some cheese over it. Add they had peas; they love peas. Added the peas to it, put it in the microwave, and I I will tell you, it worked. They did eat it. Uh, but but yeah, it, when they're in, when they're immersed in play, I remember this too so much. I never wanted to eat. I like. Food was second. It's, it was not anything I really considered as that important as a kid. I, yeah. And and not just because I didn't know about it and how important it was, but I just, I don't know. It just wasn't, it was probably fifth most important in my life, and, you know, behind playing with my friends, swimming in the pool or whatever else I was doing. But then you were probably ravenous the next morning, right? Oh, oh probably. absolutely. Probably. But, I think, but I, think it, I think my parents did a good job of making sure that I did eat something. You know, they didn't force it. But, you know, Okay, Gina. We're gonna we're gonna and this is what I do with my kids too. We're gonna pause play right now. We're gonna take thirty minutes. You can eat. You don't have to, but we're gonna pause play. Do what you want, but but play is paused. Yep. And then generally they'll eat. You know. So, so yeah. Was that was that all the things that that you wanted to? Talk yeah. About, like, you know? I,
1: I have I have zero experience with this. I I think we might have talked about it with Sally, but. You know, stressing. I think sometimes about like, oh my gosh, my kids didn't eat a vegetable today, or, or you know, whatever it was. Are your kids eating and drinking? Are, are they, if they're not like dehydrated, and they've consumed food, it's been offered to them, right? And it's foods that they find acceptable enough, mm-hmm. then they're probably not hungry. the The body's going to look at averages. Now, if they're sick and days are going by, or even several meals in a row, and like, yeah, what? That's a bigger concern. I just personally have no experience with that. And I think my kids are probably like me in that they may miss one meal. They're probably not going to miss two. I don't know. It's got to be pretty darn bad. I think we have uh, enough love for, for food uh, that we wouldn't make it work. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
0: No, I don't have a whole lot of experience with this either. But just, I mean, specifically, actually, when I was talking with Paige, like I said, she mentioned when she was sick with COVID. and But generally, that's what it is. They just don't have an appetite because either they have a loose tooth yeah. and it hurts for them to eat or, or yeah, they are immersed in play. but. Generally, what I will do is exactly what I did when you guys were over. I will put out food and it generally entails either cheese and crackers and some fruit or some type of a quick bar such as a Z-bar or some type of a a quick bread of some sort with some butter on it. And they will almost always go for that. Paige also loves smoothies. Cameron has not gotten into the smoothie uh, habit quite yet, but Paige is a big fan of smoothies. She likes bananas, strawberries, peanut butter, milk. That type of of thing in her. She likes peanut butter in all of her smoothies. And then, of course, banana and strawberry. She wants it to be pink, though. It has to have enough strawberry for it to be pink. Uh, So that usually is a hit. And then as far as drinking is concerned, my kids, I don't know. Sometimes I think they don't get enough fluid. So, again, I like to offer things other than just water, such as LaCroix, they generally always have, you know, at least one LaCroix every day. Or sometimes I can, I'll give them those little flavor packets they can add to their water. Cameron likes kombucha quite a bit. But that's really, Paige really does like water, actually. But I, I do kind of have to remind them to drink. You know, it'll be 12 o'clock. And I think to myself, the last thing they had to drink was like a few sips of water with their breakfast. You know, I got to remind them to, to, to drink something. Yeah. And they're and they're usually pretty good about that. All right, well. Anything else about nourishment? I don't think so.
1: Good stuff. Okay.
0: All right. Well, coming up on April 3rd, we will be dishing, well, I will be dishing with my husband, Nick, about our trip to Disney. Uh, So uh, look forward to that. Anyone who is thinking about going to Disney or who just wants some, I don't know, basic tips and tricks, you'll have to tune in. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. And if you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone, until next time, be well. And Nicole, will talk to you soon. Take care,
1: Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.